this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This is your bomb Wednesday service. I am, as always, your senior pastor, Naima Cochran. And with me, as always, oh, you drink water this week, player? Is Karen Phillips, my uh, director of HEPS, not HELPS, HEPS ministry. Karen, why the switch? I can't drink this week. Um, I'm on a diet. A diet? Well, I, well like I'm eating super healthy because I can't work out this week because I hit my knee two days ago. And I realize I'm getting old because I've been like icing it nonstop. And it's been a compression sleeve. So you're on Andrew Reserve. Yeah, I've been limping for two whole days. So yeah, uh, since I can't go to the gym. uh, Just hit your knee like in the house? I hit it on the top of my table. And it's really, really hard. And... I knew it was gonna hurt. I didn't know it was gonna hurt this long, and then I looked and saw that it was swollen all the way up. So I'm gonna make it though. You know, you're getting old when you hurt yourself just being in your own goddamn house. Yeah, like I like it's full icy hot. Wow. All that thoughts and prayers. Yeah, uh, yeah. Congregation, you keep them on your prayer list, please, as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it is somehow miraculously the week before Thanksgiving. I didn't realize that until yesterday. I was in the store and I was looking at all Thanksgiving stuff. And I was like, um, I'll shop for Thanksgiving for myself. He was next like, I week. got time. Yeah, I was like, I'll do it next week. And then I was like, oh, shit, Thanksgiving is next week. Um, but we're gonna come back to that. I really, I really don't know how we got here. But uh let me get the housekeeping, aka the church announcements, out the way, because we know I will get the rambling and forget. Um and that and that means shouting out the entire Count the Dings family. But y'all know how we do over here. We 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 here for everybody black. We love all y'all, CTD fam. But we here to talk about the bomb lineup specifically, which on Monday is the lovely ladies at Crazy Sexy Cool. When are you on that show again? Uh, be the, the December fourteenth episode. December fourteenth. I'm, I'm assuming they're gonna have you play a rousing rendition of Mary Kill. We'll be looking forward to that. I, um, I'm not playing it the way Wise played it. 
<laughs> I helped catch me on the internet playing Fuck Mary Kill with Michelle Obama and Ooh. Kamala Harris in it. I'm like, we can play cuddle, make love, get out of here. But I, you will never see me associate those names and those terms together in they public. Y'all done lost y'all damn mind. Wise better have some good job security. Because I was like, where they do that at? <laughs> they caught they caught Waz out there, unfortunately. Wazney, mm-hmm. we still love you. Um, and then on Tuesday, we have the OG show with Amin, Trey, Jerv, and Waz, and I'm forgetting Zach. Like, a, a whole host of characters. All of us were through there at some point or another. But on podcast, Wednesday is us. Hi. Uh, Thursday, you have Waz and Nando. Um with uh woke bros and then on friday you have trey and growing up the same and i want to point out in case you guys haven't noticed when we post the shows now we are also posting a link where you can watch we encourage you to go to count the dings youtube page just find it by searching count the dings all the shows are now available to you to watch instead of just listen so you have the option of doing both and we encourage the latter because obviously you know, not that I'm getting camera ready, camera ready for y'all, but if this was audio only, this be a whole other situation. Just know that. Just I also that. like can't the few podcasts I do listen to, I always watch the YouTube video version. Just because it's of, more entertaining, if, if, right? If, yeah, if I want to see a, a conversation from people, like I like to read body language mm-hmm. or those quiet moments where you're like, are they not talking? Maybe somebody's just laughing. Very right. hard, and you can't hear them. So, if I can, if you have a podcast and you are recording, please upload it somewhere because I just don't want to just Spotify y'all to death. I'm trying <laughs> to get some YouTube clicks, right? Um. So, and and shout out to to our super producer Rob Lopez for making all of that happen. Um. All right. So, couple things have been happening over the past couple of days. Like I said, Thanksgiving is next week. I'm I'm really hoping that none of y'all are going to anybody's house for Thanksgiving. Not your mama's, not your grandma's. I know we all I, miss our family. You are. Uh, it's it's my boy and his mom's in town. That's it. That's it. Okay. That's it. If, if 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 I hit him up and he's like, the the crowd has grown to five instead of three. Like mm. I nope. I'm gonna <laughs> holler at y'all. I get I'm it. I'm holler at y'all. Here in York, um, there's a there's a big uproar because Mayor Cuomo has now said that even in private homes, you cannot have gatherings of more than 10 people. So, of course, everybody and and I will say I'm fully expecting New York NYPD to act the ass and on Thanksgiving Day based on this. But, you know, people like what about Thanksgiving? What about grandma's house? And I'm like, the numbers are are rising faster than they were first wave and i think people aren't we're hitting record numbers every day as a country and because in part the news all the air is being sucked out of the news cycle with trump stomping around like a fucking baby i think people don't really understand that like this is actually more urgent no it is um or have people or do you think people have just kind of gone back to such kind of this is what our semi-normal life looks like like we can do all the same shit we used to do just with a mask on which i think is what a lot of people have gotten to like i'm not really changing my habits i'm gonna do everything i'm just gonna do it with a mask on like 75 percent of the time that's a and small, they don't want to go back that's a small part of it i think we have an issue in this country and ironically these you know the Atlantic has been releasing, you know, segments of Obama's book. And he's been giving these interviews and then he's talking about like how he doesn't want to give up in the country and our democracy and all of these things. And it's one thing I've all the only like I only had two knocks on Barack when he was in office. One was that damn beer summit, which I thought was a complete waste of Agreed. And two was that his Barack believes in people. He has the audacity of hope. And my issue isn't with his audacity of hope because you need a leader in that position to have that. My thing is, if, if I could ever have a one-on-one conversation with him, my question would be, do you actually believe that people are that smart, though? Or maybe it's just the, the pessimist in me because 
my thinking has always been that the majority of people are dumb. That is why smart people, it's like, oh, you're smart because you're not of the norm. And when mm-hmm. you have so many dumb people and you tell them you have a dumb president that tells them, oh, this isn't nothing. And then we find out it's something and all these people die. And this dumb person in office doesn't give you any resolutions and people keep dying. And, and we've been stuck in this since March. And then we opened up cities a little bit. And then you had places like Atlanta and Houston. Well, some, some cities never closed. Yeah, and some never closed. Like here in Chicago. Some still never had a mask mandate. Bit, but it never really, really opened up. So it's like now, okay. Yeah, New York never got to phase four. Yeah, we're shutting it back down, y'all. Halloween, Thanksgiving, and Christmas are canceled. And I think once people saw the horror of March and April, and they forget about how in New York people were like, we don't have any place to put the bodies because people have just gotten so used to this and they're stupid and they're not thinking. They're just like, turkey and and dressing and macaroni ain't going to be too much. It's just a meal. But it's not. It's a whole bunch of people inside of one area in the cold who this isn't eating on a patio or rooftop or there's some humidity. Yeah, you're in the house. You're in the house. Contained for an extended amount of time. And you know everybody ain't wearing their mask all through Thanksgiving. But the other thing is I don't need... Stupidity is absolutely part of it. Yes, America's stupid as a country. We are, universally. But the other problem is and this is part of the whole American exceptionalism thing. And it goes back to what we always talk about with participation pro- trophies and everybody thinking their opinion matters. America is a country of individuals. And the thing about Obama, which is actually now hurting his legacy, ironically, is that he operates, which I think is true leadership. He operates with the collective. The so we. like the we, right? Obama rarely speaks in terms of I for wins. He will he will claim responsibility singularly, but the wins are always we. Whereas Trump is the exact opposite. It's I, 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 I. And when something goes wrong, is they, 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 they. And even when people see it for what it is, there's something about that that gets stuck, you know, in your head. Especially so, when you're stupid. Exactly. So, you know, Obama's like a put put his head down, do the work think of the greater good, think of the collective type person. And and when you are that type of person, it surprises you when other people aren't. Like, you don't expect other people to not be. And I think that's the other thing is that, because even with smart Americans, I've had to catch, like, I thought I had, I can't remember if I said this on the show, I thought I had, I thought I had contracted COVID yes. from working Two the polls, weeks ago, right? we thought you were going to die. <laughs> I thought I had contracted COVID. But part of the reason is because even though I had my mask on, even though they had gloves on site, even though I was washing my hands, even though I was using hand sanitizer, I was not being vigilant. Like I was having to take voting folders from people all day. I was touching tabletops, chairs. I wasn't being that vigilant. And there's something in your mind that's like, also you think because you know better, automatically shit just ain't going to happen to you. Also, there's also that with smart people, right? It's like, I know better so, because I know better, even if I don't take these precautions, like, I'm going to be all right. Like, that was a reality check for me that I, that I wasn't being vigilant, that I had gone lax. Um, like, even when I come in from shopping, I don't do the same level of ran down the door. Handle. Like, I got to go all the way back to that, right? So, I think that's part of the problem. But I say all that to say, y'all don't go to grandma's house for Thanksgiving. That's basically what I'm trying to get to. And, like, I'm leaving on the 30th to go see my mom. I have not seen my mother all year. This is the longest. I haven't seen my mother since last Thanksgiving. It's the longest amount of time I've gone in my entire life without seeing my mom. And I can't even, I'm not even going straight to her house. I have to go quarantine in a hotel for a couple of days, take time to take a, I'm going to take a COVID test before I leave. I'm going to take a COVID test when I get there. I have to wait a couple of days for the results to come back. That that is right. Yeah, so it's like, I... But but now I'm worried because numbers are going back up so rapidly that I'm just kind of like, is this irresponsible of me to go down? But I need to go see my mom. You know what I mean? So, it, yeah, Thanksgiving and Christmas are going to be interesting because I feel like even people who stay put over Thanksgiving are going to act an ass over Christmas. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm not going home for I never go home for Thanksgiving. I'm not going home for Christmas. Like, I'm not traveling 
anywhere in 2020. I'm used to cooking for holidays, so it's like no biggie for me. But I understand that like people are losing it and get why they're losing it. I just want smart and dumb people to be smarter and be like, yeah. miss one holiday cycle. Yeah. So that you can have more. The rest of them. Rather than trying to risk it all potentially. So that you can um, have the rest of them. Like yeah, literally. Because, like, I, I'm just I, like, this shit isn't it's inevitable that as long as y'all this is this is the part I don't understand why people don't get. We everybody said in the spring that we needed to keep shit tight now so that we could go back to some sense of normalcy sooner than later. And that if we didn't, the inevitable result, everybody said a second wave was coming in the fall. Everybody said that. And we knew that... Which I thought lax- that would be the third wave. I think this is the third wave. Technically, because the first wave we didn't really even know was a wave. Because yeah. um, I think I got the first one like a year and a half ago. Yeah. Well, I think I got it in... I thought I got it in October. Um, but like, I don't understand how people don't understand this was the this was the logical conclusion and then people are mad that governors are shutting states down again or or mayor shutting cities down again i'm like what don't y'all understand like what part of this no they understand do y'all not get? they understand you what you just explained was a very nice way of saying that like white people are impatient <laughs> and white people um are one ply because in atlanta I know. I'm, oh, I'm getting to them. I'm listening okay. to me. I got tons of bullets for them. But they are one ply soft to where you didn't see black people rushing state capitals and trying to kidnap city. That's entitlement. That's not just impatience. But, That's but entitlement. I'm, but they're they're linked in it because you're entitled. You're so you so think you deserve something because if you have to wait. Longer than you think you can, your your patience can quickly turn into entitlement. It's all together. But these black people down, like we, I have said many times again how like Atlanta is my favorite place on God's green earth. I have never been more happy to not live in Atlanta and left when I did in April to miss all of this and how they are acting down there. Strip clubs are still open right now. And it has been Atlanta and right. Houston that I have seen repeatedly on social media. And I am just like, I do not understand. <laughs> I don't understand people who even eat inside. Like, I haven't I'm eaten still, yeah, I I've, inside since February. I've eaten inside twice. And both times it was like there was nobody at any table around me anywhere. Yeah. It's, um... Yeah, this is this has been I think I had hoped that, you know, this was holding a mirror up to not just us but also like a friend of mine was telling me it's not, you know, the UK isn't acting that much differently than we are in terms of our entitlement and and and, and the selfishness. New but Zealand like, been clear for months. <laughs> the mirror's up, it's just nobody's looking into it. Um but yeah, y'all y'all please be safe. And not for yourself like I saw a graphic, I actually posted it um on my stories today. That was no, not them motherfuckers. I don't know who. I don't know who at Instagram thought that name made sense. You mean Twitter? I mean, not Instagram at Twitter. I know there's gay people at Twitter. Y'all knew not to use that name. Um, I'm blaming it on Goddess. I blame everything on Twitter on Goddess. And I just sex or Goddess know better too, because Fleet was what our grandmas would try to give us to clean us out. Um, but I posted on my Instagram stories a graphic. There were 55 people who attended a wedding. One person had COVID. It spread to 176 people. Seven people died. The seven people who died weren't even at the wedding. Like, this is how that shit works. And it makes sense a wedding is a place where something was spread. Hugs, yeah. handshakes, tears, exactly. laughter. Verbal ahas. <laughs> yes. Hey, that's that. Ooh, that thing is out there. That's just Corona drinks, COVID droplets. Drinks, drinks, all of it. Toast. Cutting cakes, hovering yeah. around stuff. But even stuff like touching car, like we don't talk a lot. In the beginning, we talked so much about how long the virus lingers on surfaces. And granted, um, I believe the virus has mutated several times and there's several different strains out there. 
but that's still something we don't talk about. It's just like you hand it. Like think about Thanksgiving, y'all playing cards and shit. Can't do it. You, it's COVID cards. Can't do it. COVID is COVID is big joker. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm just saying. Use your own utensils when you get into that <laughs> macaroni. Get your exactly. own exactly. <laughs> All of that. Seriously though. Seriously. Like this is the ultimate. Who made the whatever year? Whoever cutting the turkey, make sure they have gloves on when they hold that drumstick. Right. And they, like y'all need to be of the full like Clorex FDA white, the the knife handle. All, all of that. Literally all of that. Literally all of that. Um show anyway, up with the packets. <laughs> uh, plastic. Bring your own, bring yeah. your own bring your own to go plates. You know the package like the package yes. be like the napkins and the wet nap from Papa. All that in bring one, that. Yep. yep. Bring that. Self-contained. Um or or just don't go. Uh I ordered my honey bake. I was gonna make a ham. I decided I didn't feel like it, so I ordered my honey-baked ham yesterday. The shipping, damn, that cost me as much as a ham, but that's fine. Um, so I'm going to make dressing. Well, I'll talk about this next Tuesday. We got time. Um, anyway. You selling plates? You should sell plates. I am not. Because I'm greedy. This is, a good, this is a good, if you want to play selling business. I'm greedy. This, this is a cycle. This next six like, weeks. I might cook on Monday since I got to leave next Monday. I might, I mean, the following Monday, I might cook on Monday and just eat that shit all week. Like, I might actually do that. Or Tuesday after we tape. Um, so anyway, I'm definitely cooking on Wednesday later. So I'm not cooking on Thursday. So anyway, um, a couple things have happened over the past few days that I wanted to touch on. And then we're going to end on something that's happening later this week, which is the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air 30th anniversary reunion. Um, tomorrow, but if you're listening to this. Tomorrow, if you're listening, you're right, correct. Uh, but also tomorrow is versus which we will talk about next week after the fact, um, if you're listening. So last, yesterday, so we, we talked about how the runoff, the Senate runoff in Georgia is tight as hell. And it honestly shouldn't be because Purdue won't even go up against, um, what's my man's name? Warnock? Not Warnock. Warnock is Loeffler. Ossoff. Ossoff. Purdue won't even debate Ossoff anymore because Ossoff fucking murdered him mm-hmm. in their first debate. He declined to debate him before the, before the actual regular elections, and he's declined to debate him again before the runoff. That enough for me would be like a signal that this is not somebody I want to vote for. Like if you can't stand up against your opponent and and talk about your issues and your stance and anything, then clearly you don't need my vote. But then Loeffler is and Walvern, the Loeffler and Walvern race is interesting because um she is Married to the chair of the New York Stock Exchange, which to me seems like it should disqualify her from holding government office at all, personally. Um, she was earlier this year, last year, I don't know, time is a social construct right now, but at it, some point- It was earlier this year. Earlier this year, was investigated for insider trading after she and other members of Congress oh. dumped certain stocks right before um, the COVID news became real. Right. And and netted themselves a hefty little profit. And like got off. Also, she got off. And also like she's a billionaire. Even though, even though she did that shit. <laughs> she definitely did that shit. She's guilty as fuck. But also like she's a billionaire. Why I don't want a billionaire in presidential office. I definitely don't want you as my goddamn Senate representative. There's nothing about my day to day life you understand at all. Whatsoever. Um so it's like, but what she has done to stoke fear is started comparing Warren to Jeremiah Wright. So you might remember white people, because black people remember, Jeremiah Wright used to be the Obama's pastor. And at the beginning of the Obama administration, the right um, positioned, the right positioned right as this radical extreme leftist um, who was like tried to make it like he was, you know, that he thought about like, like he, I think maybe there was some anti-Semitism in there and possibly some white genocide. They tried, white to, genocide. They tried to frame it. Like white people did Malcolm X. Back Correct. <laughs> Correct. That is what they tried to do. 
And so Obama had to disavow his pastor, right? Um, which is interesting that they started there and then spent the rest of his his administration calling him a Muslim and talk about how they never said Merry Christmas. When, when, meanwhile, I, with the exception of the Kennedys, the Obamas have been the most um, the most observant family that we've seen in office in terms of attending church, in terms of referencing the man uh, got in trouble for wearing an Easter suit. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, seriously. Meanwhile, I think Donald and, Melania, Donald and Melania have been to church like maybe two Easter's out of the past four years for photo ops. That's it. Um, anyway, and he walked so, across the street and had protesters move so he could take a photo op in front of a church holding the Bible upside, upside down. down. Upside down. Because he's because he's a demon. And, he's and, a demon. and he calls Second John two John. Remember no, that? No, Corinthian. Two so, Corinthian. He also said two John. It was oh, it one of the time when he said two my John. Favorite, my favorite is... I was like, where that book? I never read that Some book. interview asked him one time, what's your favorite book of the Bible? And, and book. Any book. And book. It's, it's, what's it, like 56 books? It's some crazy amount of books. I don't even know how many. It's a lot. Any book, Genesis, Exodus, Matthew, Mark, Luke, Peter, uh, Revelations, Psalms. Uh, like I'm a it, personal it, fan of uh, Hebrews myself, but if I'm going to be like, honest, Song of Solomon. <laughs> Song of Solomon. There are names that you should have been able to think of no matter what your religious affiliation, just because we, just because they're so common. And also just because like so many people, like name an apostle, nigga, like something. You, you know, Trump, you know, you know what he As a businessman, it's the book of numbers. Boom. That's all he had. To- I bet he don't even know there's a book of numbers. Sorry, that's the, But that's my whole point. Trump could not name, not air, not an book of the Bible. What was his answer? Not, he, he just kept saying, I mean, they're all great. It's a great book. It was like the answer that you give when you didn't read your book and somebody asked you about a book report. He was like, all great books. I can't choose just one. It's such a great, such a great piece of work. Like you can't, you could, you could have just even said like the entire Old Testament. No, no, I'm no. See, to the I would have jammed him. I would have said, nothing. which of the Testaments is your favorite and not giving him an option? Right. And he probably would have been like, the he would said both. The third. He was, no, he was, he would probably said the Third Testament. Fam, what's that? It's a mess. Anyway, so now we have Walrand, who is the successor or the most recent successor of um, Martin Luther King Jr. at Ebenezer Baptist Church in Atlanta, which is MLK's church, uh, where he is the residing senior pastor. He formerly was a youth pastor here in New York at Abyssinian Baptist Church. That was 25 years ago under Calvin O. Butts, who's one of the most powerful, one of the most powerful black pastors. What school these people go to you just named? Uh, anyway. Uh, yeah. Morehouse. Who went to Morehouse University? Um, I mean, Morehouse College. Sorry. Where's that? Morehouse College. Uh, and apparently back in 95, um, Fidel Castro came to Abyssinia. I do not remember this happening. I'm not saying it didn't happen. I just don't remember it happening. And Loeffler has thrown a challenge at Warren about that happening. Why you at a church did you go and do you where he was this? not the senior pastor uh, 25 years ago? And he's being questioned about it like on CNN. And I'm just like, what the fuck is wrong with you people? I don't like I'm I'm actually annoyed at um at, at, at giving the shit in, that, that actual news journalists would give the shit in the air. You know what I mean? I don't know. What, do you have anything to say about Do I think the question has some newsworthiness at some levels? Yes. Low, I mean. I, I didn't say how high on, on the list. Okay. <laughs> it's on there. Um, but given where CNN is located, this race okay, is valid. Like, you have to 
it goes back to the statement I always like to tell people. Stuff runs different in the state of Georgia and the city of Atlanta. And unless you have lived there and experienced it, you do not necessarily get it. And her doing all that she is about to do is not unsurprising. Um, oh, I'm not that, surprised at all. Like and, it, and it'll work with very little effort. That's the, that's the part. No, and that it will work. Because what you have to realize is that we're in a runoff for a reason. Um, Warnock was not supposed to be here. If you go back and you remember when everyone was throwing their hats in this ring, Lawler's lead was so huge. Warnock was in this group of Democrats that were just like, he was like one of the longest shots of the long shots. And then Lawler went at, not only did she start going at black people in the state of Georgia, she went at her own team. And then she went at the entire WNBA, and then the yep. WNBA players got off that bus in the bubble with those board, like board, fuck board, her, shirt, shirts. Right. And then his campaign took off. So to act like she is someone where these tricks aren't going to work, oh, they're going to work because she's here for a reason. It's just enough about us keep following the lead of Stacey Abrams and making sure people have their mail-in ballots and people still stay engaged. And while we use platforms like this to keep letting people know this is not over. Like, I'm going to keep wearing Spelman and Morehouse gear until this runoff election is over because this this race is far from complete because they it's- are going to pull out all types of tricks because yeah. they do, because they know that if Ossoff and Warnock win this, then the House, the Senate, and the White House will be blue. And, right. Yeah. And I, and I think that this I is think a fight. that I've said this before. I think that people really need to not underestimate how desperately the right wants to hold on to control of the Senate. Like it's it is literally desperate. Um, and unfortunately, the left doesn't play as dirty as the right. So like, for example, it's come out that apparently Lindsey Graham pressured the Georgia, was it the secretary of state Mm -hmm. to falsify um, some ballot results? I don't know what level of proof there is, but if I were on the left that I'd be talking about that shit all day, every day, you know what I mean? But they're not because they tend to do the whole stay above the freight thing. I'd be talking about Loeffler's ass all day, every day. Um, you, and and you, even you like you to, talked about, I'd be showing footage of, of her own team members, like coming out with Warnock for like all of that. I'd be doing all of that shit all of the time. You, ha- you have to understand the fundamental purposes of both sides, though. On the left, you have people that you know want to think like and be like people like Michelle Obama. When they go low, we go high. You right. have generally people who just want equality who just want fairness, who don't want more rights. They just want equal. They just, and their dream is to break even on right. the other side. You, you want people who just people don't want black people in office. Who have been here. <laughs> the complete right. opposite. You have people since who are, have affiliated themselves with the side since 1619 have proven that they will do literally any and everything. Literally. To be lazy, not work, and refuse to let go of any power. Let it be your gender, sex, or orientation. They don't want to give anything up because deep in their souls and their hearts, they know how mediocre at best they are. So when you have those two sides fighting, yes, one side is never going to get as dirty as the other because they have everything to gain and less to lose. This other side knows if they lose any amount of power, everything they've ever had is going out the window because they are never going to be and never have been good enough to get it back. The fear is that if Georgia leaves, the rest of the South is gone. Like, Georgia's gone for good, and where Georgia goes, the rest of the South will follow. So I say all that to say that Reverend Raphael Warnock and John Ossoff need your attention. They need your support. They need your money. Um, they need your money. This is a if, white man you should give your money to. Yeah, give your money to this white man. 
And if you know people in Georgia, because my friends told me who lived there that the um, Warnock Wright ads are running like nonstop, which is enough to concern white voters who might be on the fence right now. So if you know people in Georgia, please reach out to them. Please, you know, make sure they're engaged because people also do have election fatigue and you have even more election fatigue because Trump is still being stupid. Um, but this is so important. It's really important. And, you know, if you had an absentee ballot before, you need to get another one. Um, you could still, I think there was time for you to still register if you hadn't been registered for the oh, general. how about we mistaken. just skip all this and you take your ass down with three masks on and vote in person, given, as you also just that, see, what just can happen <laughs> with right. the results. Let's, let's not... Exactly. Think, so it's not delayed. Let's not they don't count stuff again. Like, let's But if not, we can start next year with all the branches back, oh, my God. The things... Oh, the places we can go. And, that, and that's where I'm important. Like, I don't care if people have election fatigue. We yeah. can rest after February. Because I guess for a second, you, and then we got to get started for midterm. Yeah, but, but yeah. we cannot rest ever if this right. doesn't go the right way. Oh yeah, no, no, no. All the things that the White House and the Senate will, 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 will the House will try to get passed, they'll get stopped. So y'all tired now? Imagine just how yeah. tired we could be for four more years. And when all those things right. get stopped, y'all ain't gonna do nothing but blame Biden. So that brings me to my <laughs> next point. So, first of all, Joe and Kamala have been working, despite uh, Trump being no. a baby and refusing. They're, they're doing a group project with no Wi-Fi. Right. Like and still getting it done. And still, no Wi-Fi, no. They don't even have the laptop, nigga. Nope. They, just, they just out they here. They the library. Analog. They at <laughs> the old they're using, they're using the card catalog right now. The and still processor. knocking it. They microfiche. And they are still knocking it out of the park. Um, the Monday following the election, they don't Biden announced chirps. they don't even have <laughs> um they having to go to pay phones to return pages. Uh it's like so, the wire. They got to put the code in. <laughs> <laughs> so the Monday after election, Biden announced his COVID nineteen task force, which is co chaired by a black woman, by the way, um, and his plan for beating COVID-19 and slash reopening the country, rebounding the economy. Um, since then, he has also announced um, his economic uh, focus and part of his economic quote, landing team, which is to help the transition and the people he's going to start putting into position with a focus on systematic um, systematic disparities and racial, racial bias in economic economics, economic systems, et cetera. So and today part- he had the announcement today too. Um, some of his staff, White House staff, he announced some of his key oh, okay, so I did miss that. So I'll go back to that. But but with the, with the economic plan, Uh-oh. part of it Uh-oh. is forgiveness of student debt, right? Which was also part of Bernie's platform at one point. I think he got, I think he got pushed to like leave it alone. But any black person I know who not just graduated from college, but matriculated at college on any level, when you have asked them the number one thing they want from a candidate, it has been cancel these student loans. When WikiLeaks was out there doing their business, they was like, can you holler at Sally Mae for us, please? Right? When are y'all going to hack Please go to nail that. <laughs> right. When are y'all going to hack these niggas? But yeah, now that it has been announced, and, and it was in Biden's plan, I believe. So now that it has been announced, all of a sudden, everybody got a problem with student debt forgiveness, which is the dumbest shit I've ever heard. Can White I take people, this on? Because I got a great example. Get, well, give me, one, give, me, give me just one. Let me just, let me just set the foundation, and then I'm going I'm to I'm I'm pass the baton. So on the, on the, on the white we have two schools argument. The first is expected. Why should my tax dollars go towards paying for debt that you incurred? First of all, I love when motherfuckers say this like you know where any of your tax dollars go currently. 
Um, because if you knew how much money of your tax dollars went to this motherfucker going to play golf, going to play golf week. (laughs) Also, like I'll just break down. Currently, and it's too low. Currently, two percent of federal taxes go towards education. 8% 8% of our taxes go towards paying the um, interest on the national debt. We paying interest on these niggas' loans, but you don't want to pay to actually alleviate your fellow citizens. Which is going so to send the economy through Soaring, the right? Also, it might be, what, another $5 to pay? You're not even going to know. Or it would just be redistributed from whatever the fuck. Y'all acting like you're going to be missing like $1,000 out your goddamn check. You're not even going to see it. This ain't child support. This is it's not, not, this is not child. child support garnishment. So so that's one school. The other one is uh, these motherfucking fake-ass progressives, but also real progressives, who are like, this doesn't fit the working class, which is a very white position to take. Um, well, also very a, a very antiquated position to take, especially in an era where, um, I would say, especially where for-profit universities have skyrocketed over the past 10 years, that the only people who have college degrees have are somehow part of this elite or who went to private universities or, or, or public, you know, state universities, um, and, and have amassed all this in our, in our, in like these high-paying trades. That's not necessarily the case. Um, there are people who went to University of Phoenix, and which, by the way, for college, people who attend for-profit universities like DeVry, like University of Phoenix, like, um, there's a couple more I'll come to me. Uh, they tend to actually borrow more because that's part of the recruiting structure. It's people who, uh, it's open admission, people who didn't have the grades to go maybe get admitted into state or public um, universities who maybe didn't have time when they were younger, have time now in their 20s, who want to advance their career. But anyway, I'll come back to that. Then you have black people. And there's a new, you know, we had the HOTEPs and the ADOS, which started as a legitimate movement. Don't forget um, about the dumbass rappers. And the dumbass rappers. But ADOS, which started as a legitimate movement, although misguided, in my opinion, uh, wanting to distinguish the African-Americans who are direct descendants of child slavery here in the States in terms of seeking reparations from, you know, Afro-Caribbean, Afro-Latino, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, But but it has turned, but Russia, in all its infinite wisdom, saw the possibility for fights to break out and turned it into um, an astroturf vehicle to basically just like, you know, shout divisive messaging um, through the internet at everybody. And now there is also um, this new, I want to say it's called B1 segment that is kind of like ADOS, which is the, I'm not a minority, I'm not a POC, I'm black first. I only care about African American people first. And there's this weird combination between the B1, the BOS, and people who also have A2 in their bios, meaning they're like pro gun. Um, it's a very scary, scary, scary sub subsegment of um of of what you call it, of um hotel Twitter. But anyway, these people are like, it will only widen the wealth gap, which is false. And <laughs> It um and the same kind of thing. It's for even though they recognize that black people are disproportionately affected, they're like it doesn't affect enough black people for it to be beneficial for us. And if it's going to be for us, it should be for us only. All of that is stupid. So, Karen, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you go, but then I'm gonna come back with some facts about uh student loan debt and black people. That's the most. Umar Johnson shit I've ever heard in my life. It's the dumbest shit. <laughs> oh, because I just love that people still call him doctor and we don't know where he got his doctorate from. Um, so, you know, I'm a doctor. I'm Dr. Fuller. They also call Dr. Abby doctor and we know uh, he was not. Know, oh, my goodness. But people hating on the idea of student debt forgiveness is hilarious to me. And I didn't really get it until earlier this year, somebody was cracking a joke at me. And like, I didn't have any, I was blessed enough to not have any loans. 
for Morehouse. All of my loans are Same, in my, my mom wouldn't let me take out loans. She said all, save it for grad all school. All of my loans are in my name from grad school. And I will probably, a one-year program at that, that I deferred for years and years and years because I was broke, but I'm finally going to be playing all of my life. And so this is so it felt like it's two years ago, but I think it was earlier this year because how long 2020 has been. Someone, I can't remember who it was, made a, a, a slick comment to me and they were cracking a joke. It wasn't mean to be anything intent or, you know, damaging. And they were like, aha, that's why you're not one of the Morehouse students that's going to get your loan wiped away from the gift that was given last year. And I was like, well, one, I don't have any more house debt, so I wouldn't have been eligible anyway if I graduated in that class. Two, I was like, well, why would I be mad? Why even would you I be would, mad? Even if I was the class before or the class right. after. Now, I can see them being like, man, this is some bullshit, but actually angry? Why would you be angry? This is like when it's two of y'all at the happy hour and the bad chick walks in and you know it's going to be either me or my guy. We, we, hey, we the two freshest guys in here. <laughs> she, she, One of us getting the number and you don't get it. And not only do you not get it, she like, what's up? Let's get up out of here. And she leave with your boy. Our, what, what part of man law does that cause you to throw a tantrum? Right. And have a meltdown. Like, where they do that at? Why? I do not understand why people are mad for other people getting their loans from school who try to better educate themselves and put them in positions um, for advancement and take care of their family and their futures. Because if you've actually had to pay a student loan or any kind, you know how debilitating it is. Now, when I say debilitation, there are levels to how so, much it influences you. But so everybody me, has ever oh. paid it. See, you think of every month when you sit in that payment of... And you're paying interest, you know, not you, you know how much I could have saved or the shit I could have bought this month if I didn't have to send this amount of money in every month? And when you do that math, you then understand why people have been clamoring and begging and are potentially on the cusp of, of getting financial freedom. Because that's exactly what it would do for an entire generation. And I hope it goes through because the economy would be out here like Bill Clinton was back in office. Because people are going to be real happy buying up everything if we ain't got to pay nail net on the first like i do if y'all so nail net well, if y'all listening please <laughs> take, so, take something off the top please so to your point so my so since i went to the university of south carolina instead of going to my first choice which was spellman for which i absolutely would have had loans at this um my mom was definitely on my ass all through high school to find some money which i was not doing i was being very lazy um but you know, her thing was like, you got in-state tuition. We're not taking loans. We're going to fit, you know, we're not taking out loans. Save that for graduate school, which I still haven't gone to grad school, but I'm very thankful to her for not, because I wanted to take out loans so that I could get a car and an apartment. Like, that was my soul, even though I went ahead and got the car anyway. I wanted, I was seeing my friends get their loans and take out a little bit extra so they could pay rent, oh, so they could pay car notes. that refund check thing. I wanted that shit. Uh, I had, but I uh, had no concept of what student loan payment yeah. look like you know what i'm saying so anyway now fast forward the thing about student loan forgiveness is that even though the the disparity between white graduates and black graduates really college graduates really hasn't closed that much um and i'm gonna get to why in a minute student loan debt disproportionately affects black people and the first the first mistake is in thinking about black college graduates when you think of this because black people are more likely to drop out of college when they go because they don't have the financial resources or they don't have the actual resources. They're first generation. They don't, they don't have the skill set 
um, not the intelligence. They don't have the skill set to navigate because university systems are something that you navigate. They don't have the skill set to navigate. They're not provided. They don't know how to seek out campus resources. They don't know that you can go to your professor and be like, yo, I need an extension on my paper. They don't know what it means to take advantage of office hours. They don't know, you know, all the different things that you can take advantage of. They also don't don't calculate something called black pressure. Black Whereas, pressure with family. You know, white people are pressured just with like, no, I've yeah. got to live up being that lawyer my dad wants me to be. Right. Where especially at HBCU, people be like, nah, fam, like I am the only one that ever made it out. Right. I gotta make it for I gotta make everybody. it everybody. And <laughs> That's also a type of pressure. Right. Also, sixty-five percent of African American students are self-supported, meaning they're paying their own tuition, they're paying their own living expenses, and a lot of them are also still taking care of bills back home at the same time, right? So we have a higher dropout rate, but we drop out, fam, you still gotta pay them loans back, right? And in because of this, it's the reason just, why so many black people got the worst dirty jobs on campus. Right. I was so, one of so when you so not only because of this, like so there's the, the people who drop out and have loans they have to pay, they have this debt without the benefit of the degree, right? And then you have the people who do graduate. Black people graduate with large with a larger amount of student debt, not only than their white counterparts, but with actually every other ethnic and racial set. We are more likely to borrow and and we borrow more amounts of money. In parts because of what I just said, like you're trying to get your car, you're trying we to get your car. We need that refund check. We need that refund check. We don't have family support um, in the same way. Also, our parents borrow money, more money with the um, parent, was it the parent plus, the plus parent, the parent plus loan, whatever that thing is, Look, which most of the parents who borrow for that come as less, their adjusted income is less than $30,000, yep. right? It's, it's, so you also the, have that. The two happiest days on an HBCU campus. It is not homecoming. It's not graduation. It is fall refund check day and spring, and spring semester refund, refund check right. day. So want to see balling take place? <laughs> Pull up on so, HBCU campus on those days. We we get out of school on an average with about seven thousand dollars more debt than white people. But over the years, because like Karen said, you're paying every month, but thing about student debt is that the way the compound interest works is that you're paying on interest. You're not paying on principal, your balance, unless you can get ahead of them payments, if you're making minimum payments, you're like, there are people who school 20 years, their student loan balance is more now than when they got out of school, right? So within about three to five years, that gap grows from 7K to 25K more owed. But also by about year six, black students are more, black borrowers are more likely to default five to one, right? So now we've got- so when, now when we got students who default. On the phone mm-hmm. that they were like, yeah, if you don't pay this off in 30 years, it goes away. I said, what? They said, yeah, by the 30th year, it just disappears. And I was like, oh, that's going to happen <laughs> before <laughs> I pay this off. Right. I, right. I never felt so much li- <laughs> like the, the pressure. I was like, right. oh, all, all I got to do is live, bet. Right. Bet. I got it. So because of the, but this is the thing that people don't factor in. So what even black, what white people definitely don't factor in, but what even black people don't factor in who are arguing against this, which I don't think they're, I don't think they're arguing in good faith anyway, is that you got dropouts who still have debt. All of us have a friend who went to college for one year. Them niggas got student loan debt. I guarantee you. So you got those people still have debt. You got the fact that we leave with more debt. The fact that debt grows faster exponentially because we can't get ahead of payments and we have to be higher qualified for the same jobs and we make less money on the same jobs. Then if you take that to grad school, we graduate with twice the amount of debt, right? Um, Then if you factor in the for-profit institutions, which target us, again, our dropout rate is 65% and our default rate is one in every three students of borrowers, our t- dropout rate of borrowers. So now you've got a diploma or some half credits from a diploma mill that you can't even transfer anywhere if you decide you want to take them somewhere. Or you've racked up debt from, you know, DeVry or University of Phoenix or a random place and they promised you it would get you XYZ job and it didn't work. 
and you also can't transfer those credits to an accredited institution. You want to add to the, the, the next level, the, the, the level that no one talks about? The level of the fact that we are so saddled with debt that black, young black college graduates actually are, there are fewer homeowners that are young black college graduates than there are who are white students who graduated from high school? Partly. That's okay. part of it. It's that, and, and you touched on most of this, but I'll just give people like a real life example and I'll use myself. Some of us that have the multiple degrees and have to do all this stuff, the college debt doesn't allow you to catch up. Right. And when I say catch up, I mean like for me, for instance, graduating four years, spent the next couple years figuring out how to get my way into journalism, was working as a bartender server. So I'm like making money. I'm making enough money to take care of myself, but I'm not making enough money to actually like save anything, right? And and build on this. Five years later, go to right. grad school. I, all these loans are going to grad school. It still takes after this one year of grad school almost three years to find that first job. So all this time, those grad school loans are being deferred. These first couple jobs, you're not making anything. But during deferment, you're still accruing interest. Yes, I'm still accruing interest. So these first couple jobs, you're really not making anything at all. Or when you do start, it's enough to take care of your basic needs. Maybe you can start saving a very, very little. Then you get to a position to when you can. And then you look at people around you who may not have to do anything you have to do. And like you said, they have the houses and the cars and the stocks and the bonds. And y'all are the same age. And you're like, I don't have any of that. Not because you're smarter or you work harder. I probably am usually smarter and work harder. It's just Smart. because I never got the chance to catch up. And paying these bills. Well, not only that, not only did you not get the chance, your parents didn't get the chance, which just repeats the cycle, right? Or, again, your parents are getting, if if you're first-generation college, your parents are burying themselves in debt along with you. So both of y'all motherfuckers end up in debt. Um, I think the other thing about the whole not able to catch up part is that, like I was talking about, like you said, with like being able to stack and save the further you want to go for an advanced degree, yeah, you can end up making more money, but it's still going to take you longer to play catch up. So a perfect example is the Obamas. You know, the Obamas both went to law school. They didn't pay off their debt until Barack was elected. They were elected. In the White House, yeah, right? Well, no, it was right before they got to the White House. And even then, the only reason, he was a senator already, and even then, the only reason they could pay it off was because he got his book deal. You know, like they, it would have taken them much longer to pay it off had they been going through normal, like I'm paying check to check, whatever, whatever. And that, and that just shouldn't be. So that, I think that's an excellent example of like, I think that white people really don't get it. A friend of mine was telling me that people at her job, she was talking about um, her student and they were like, well, just, why didn't you just go to a college that your parents could afford? And she was like, or why didn't you just pay it off sooner? And she was like, what are you? talking about you know like they really didn't understand the concept of saddling yourself with tens of thousands of dollars of debt like basically they didn't understand the concept of paying for your entire education through student loans and your living expenses not just like i'm supplementing what my parents for also like and then they don't understand that that happened once I was having a conversation. I was in a fellowship program, right? And I remember we were out for drinks and our advisors and we were all talking and somehow this is what, five, six years ago, we were talking about debt. And I threw out the number I had. Everybody was like, what? How? Mm-hmm. Like, you don't want to pay that forever. Like, why would you do that? And I said one sentence and, and like the room went quiet. Because I was like, if I didn't go to that school to take on this amount of this amount of money to pay back, I wouldn't be in this room right now. And they were kind of just like, oh, oh, okay, I get it. And then you know, the, the cocky part of me is just like, yes, 
the best person in this room would be in this room. Right, like, right, pay right. back all this money. And then it gets right. real for you. And that's what they, again, that's what they don't understand is that this is what we have to do to even make ourselves competitive. But in order to make ourselves competitive, we still have to put ourselves in a deficit. So I say all that to say that, like, to argue that canceling students, so canceling student debt is, I think, I don't think it's hyperbole to say it is the single most um, effective step towards freeing up black people to create generational wealth, right? Besides like a full reparations plan. Because again, they can't buy homes. You know why they can't buy homes? Because even though um, student debt is like factored into your FICO score differently, which by the way, can we do something with the with the FICO score just in and of itself all the which is also a mad racist. But one? um which one? Which one of the it's three? Like, yeah, That's and like which awful. which one? Which one? But anyway, but just the CRAs period. But anyway, even though uh student debt is factored into your FICO score differently, whatever that means, when you are going to buy a house, they evaluate it the same as debt that you have. So that can limit your your borrowing capability, even though everybody knows you only, you know, your student debt never comes with a balloon payment. It's factored into your borrowing capacity as though there's the potential that you may have to pay and a whole thing for the fault on You see how I it's the payment for nothing, not right. a another time. I pay, I pay my bills, dog. I am the person that pays all of their bills on the first day that is eligible to pay a bill. <laughs> I am that person. Every single bill. Right. Oh, the so, 12th, they like, sir, no, you can't pay this to the 12th. I'll be like, cool, at 1201. <laughs> on the 12th, I'm gonna pay it. I'm I'm right. There you go. Y'all got it. Yep. So we um we were going to get into because I know we're running long, according to Rob, as if y'all, if y'all, if I sounded distracted in the past couple of minutes, it's because me and Rob are going back and forth because my internet is being glitchy. But um, we were going uh, to get we into... Gonna, we're going to take up the uh, building fund offering today to get have, uh, <laughs> some dial-up. <laughs> I have a LAN. I usually switch to my LAN connection, my Ethernet connection, and I just forgot to do So anyway, um, so I'm on Wi-Fi. PTS mobile player i'm just on wi-fi and i know better than being on wi-fi for this but i didn't i forgot to switch over but anyway um we were going to get into a conversation about um the fresh prince of bel-air the 30th uh anniversary reunion special is airing on thursday on hbo max and um janet hubert and will coming together to discuss everything for the first time with all the, the slang and slang on back and forth. It's the first time the whole cast is sitting down in this manner. Um, Except baby Nikki. Where's baby Nikki? Nobody cares about baby I Nikki care. at all. I don't even know that. They don't even put baby Nikki in the where are they now Like He has profiles. some quality punchlines. Like, I'm upset baby Nikki isn't there. Give, uh, it, give it the baby Nikki. And the idea that another baby was coming caused some great episode. The whole Boys to Men episode was for Baby Nikki's christening. I like, get it's it. A classic episode. But Baby Nikki was never even supposed to be part of Fresh Prince of Bel Air. He had to be because Janet Huber got pregnant and violated her contract. But anyway, you know, I, I get it. But I'm just saying, right? It, it was hey, but shout out to Baby Nikki wherever you are. Wherever you are, you, Baby Nikki. I remember. Um, but. We're because we're running low on time, we'll pick that up next week. I get the feeling that we'll probably just have time to talk about how this versus comes out on Thursday and the Fresh Prince of Bella episode. We'll get into a little bit of conversation about 90s TV. I might ask, I might ask Trey if he wants to jump in or, or find somebody else. Um, because I think somebody's gonna die at versus. <laughs> I, I think there will I be some shooting. I don't think they would do it. We already had this conversation, but like I told you on text. I disagree with you because Swizz and Tim told me no real beef. There is not a booking agent for Versus. Swizz and Tim talk to these people directly, not management, not reps. They talk to the people directly. I believe if they did not have a conversation with these two grown-ass men and everybody was comfortable and everybody was good, they would not be happy. Plus, Gucci got a lot to lose right now. Gucci has an actual I, Gucci campaign. So, I am praying I'm just that saying. we get through Thursday with no issues. 
but I had a conversation with a staple of the Atlanta entertainment scene, mm. and they were like, yeah, dog, I ain't gonna lie to you. I'm uneasy about this, too, because I'm like, I'm hoping this doesn't go well, but if something does pop off, I, I will be like... I can only go by what the founders of Versus told me in terms of how they want to handle things. And they said, no active Because first of all... As long as they don't play certain songs. On the most surface level, they're aware that it's not an enjoyable user experience. There's not an enjoyable fan experience. We don't actually want to see niggas ice grill and argue with each other, especially if they're going to be in the same space. On another level... They're not trying to fuck up their brand with this bullshit. So that's, um, I for right now am not, I'm not worried. I'm also not that invested. I am a, I am a fan of Gucci as a person, not as an artist necessarily, since he got out of jail. But yeah, I'm just not that invested, really. So, all right. We'll see what happens, and we'll be back next week to talk about it. We do appreciate and recognize that you could be listening to or watching anything in the world right now, and you are here with us. We do not take it for granted, and we'll see y'all next week. Oh, are we doing our new tagline? What's our tagline now? Give your money to the other white man? Give your money to not that white man, but the other white man. The other white man. And the new one is Fuck Van Jones. And Fuck Van Jones. See, all right, I'm gonna let you rock with that, but definitely fuck Van Jones. That one, that one's, that one's. If for we sure. said we can lose an election, we could afford to lose one. No, we can't. Look where we are now. <laughs> Never let that slide. Point. Valid point. Valid point. All right, y'all. See you next week. Bye.